My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome to the 48th episode of Pastor's Middle Kid. My name's Ryan Luke and it's great to have you with me. Today my mate Tommy Piquino joins me to talk about a number of things, including but not limited to how the pencil sharpener built into my cupboard works. Um, also the interior decorating of my bedroom, which used to be the mail room. Uh, so you'll hear a pretty thorough description of that and you should feel like you're here. And even if you don't, you should check out the Facebook page for this podcast after you start listening to this because it'll have a couple of videos that show you what my room is like. Also, we talk about Tommy's time in Greece serving Syrian refugees and just how powerful that was and some of the different experiences he had while on outreach over there. So stick around for that, if nothing else, because it's definitely worth hearing about and it's a very prevalent issue in today's society and to have somebody that I know quite well um, go over and witness it firsthand is quite profound. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. Walking with Frodo. I wish the ring had never come to me. I still only count as one! Well, folks, I've done it. I've made it to page 404, which is the beginning of book three and the second book in the trilogy. Confusing, isn't it? The Two Towers. I have finally finished The Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. The first chapter of The Two Towers is called The Departure of Boromir, which I think is quite clever because leading up to this point, the whole fellowship was under the impression that Boromir would leave and go down towards Minas Tirith, where he is from, uh, alone, if no one else wants to join him. And uh, we all know it's coming, don't we? It's been quite slow moving in the Fellowship of the Ring, and everyone's moving all at once, so you don't get a lot of variety with your scenery, um, even though Tolkien <laughs> likes to describe it. But now, the story branches off into three different places. First of all, there's Sam and Frodo with the ring, obviously. Then there's Pippin and Merry who get captured by the orcs. And of course, they take the hobbits to Isengard. And so then you're following along also with Gimli, Legolas and Aragorn as they track the stolen hobbits and try and rescue them. I'm very excited for this book. Yes, the departure of Boromir, 
looking forward to seeing that guy cock it, honestly. But hey, there's a bit of Boromir in all of us, isn't there? In music, let's take it back to Capital Light's album This Is An Outrage from the year 2008. Pretty girl, when you're tossed, you turn. And all I needed was a way to learn. Mm-hmm, one day at a time. This first song is called Miracle Man. I like this one a lot. The song that we'll end today with is called Let the Little Lady Talk. I like Capital Lights, there's a lot of energy and they're fun, very fun. Hope you enjoy it too. And most of all, I hope you enjoy this talk and a good time with Tommy Pequeno. different ways have people mispronounced your last name uh, yeah that's one that's a fun one um, there's been a lot um, I think both of my sisters have had a lot of like mean nicknames come out of it but I haven't really um, I've gotten a lot of good mispronunciations sometimes like and in, in the school announcements when like they're reading off like a list of names mm-hmm. uh, like over the intercom, there would just be people who would look at it and just not try. <laughs> so I got a lot of like, tell me P. Not even that. Uh, they'd like say full names and full names and full names and then just Tommy. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, but no, I got. I mean, it's interesting because the way I pronounce it is different than like the correct French pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, so I would say Piquino. Mm-hmm. But the way a French person would say it would be Pequino. So, mm. so that almost sounds like Pequinos. So that yeah. could have been one of the... Yeah, uh, Pequinos. Pequinos. Pequino. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's quite a fun one. Now, I've grown up my whole life with my last name being mispronounced. And it doesn't even make sense. It's as English as English comes. Uh <laughs> Winslade, and it's spelt how it sounds. Yet, the amount of times we've had to spell it out over the phone or in person, or even all the variations that we have, we've had things like, well, the most common is Winsdale, just swapping the D and the L, mm. um, and even having a having a Wyoming Newcastle team that goes to Windale regularly to to do evangelism. Anytime they say Windale or I see it written down, I just think, ah, it's wrong. It's Winslade. <laughs> but no, <laughs> suburb's not named after us. Winslade Connect. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. But we've had things like Windshield mm. and Wintersleigh and Winslow and Winslay. Uh, okay, so do people say Pequinot a lot? Yeah. Pequinot is probably the most common one. Um, <laughs> That's fun. 
I get like the Pequinos. Pequino. Or, yeah, it's always fun because uh, I I pole vaulted in high school, mm-hmm. and basically the per the official would get just a, a list of like last names, mm-hmm. uh, and every time they'd call your name when you were like on deck mm-hmm. uh, or on hold on deck and then up. Okay. So every like few minutes they'd be trying to say my name so um there did, was, there did was, they try a different variation every time sometimes uh <laughs> there's one official that learned my first name and he would say like rogers johnson tommy <laughs> but, so that's what i usually get is people just avoid it altogether. but i actually uh i, I was talking with someone about name meanings and they were talking mm-hmm. about how like their three names mean like something super spiritual and then I was like hmm I wonder what my names mean and my first name means twin yeah so it's like a pretty boring one and then I looked up the the meaning of my last name uh, and it is a slang for someone who is a weakling okay <laughs> so yeah I'm I'm a twin winkling. <laughs> winkling. What the? <laughs> I can't say that. You're word. a twinkling. <laughs> I'm 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 a twin weakling. Okay. And that's that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you remember Petra from your DCS? Yeah. She, her names mean rock strong chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Oh man, rock strong chestnut. And if anyone's been following along with Pastor's Middle Kid for a while, they might remember that interview, which was actually called Rock Strong Chestnut, recorded, coincidentally, right here in wow. the mail room at YOM Newcastle, which has since been converted into my bedroom. What do you think? It's, it's great. It's nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well decorated. Thank you. With plenty of Star Wars and Zelda and... Star Wars things. <laughs> I greatly appreciate all the Star Wars uh, posters and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I was a bit of a Star Wars nerd myself. I had a Darth Vader like head mask. Wow! That, um, and it had like little yeah, like, the, the chest straps piece? that had this like chest piece <laughs> on it, and like you could press different buttons on it and make different noises. And there was one that was like a vocoder. Yeah. And it would just like distort your voice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. One of I actually don't know what happened to it, but uh, the <laughs> the top of like the helmet part mm-hmm. could come off. So I would always like pretend that I was like uncovering Darth Vader's true faith face, like in the end of Episode Six. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader's true identity is oh, put it back on. That's <laughs> <laughs> ugly. Yeah, Ooh, pretty much. Who is that? <laughs> You're not Hayden Christensen. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I first watched it, I was too young to realize how weird that whole scene was. Mm-hmm. But I've I have come to really appreciate George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Mm. I too have come to appreciate George Lucas mm. and all the fun little things that he uh, put small or 
Jar Jar yeah. in, <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jar Jar. I mean, he has an amazing imagination. Even just look up at this Star Wars uh, picture on my wall. It has most of the, the characters that you see on the screen uh, from episodes one through... I think it's one and two, and then four through six. Mm-hmm. And none of those would have ever been created without George Lucas. So we can't exactly blame him for actually the character that's right in the middle of that picture, isn't he? Jar Jar Binks. Wow. Is that him? No, 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 oh, right yeah. in the middle. Oh, next to C3PO. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And for the listening audience, um, sorry about that. You can just picture all the Star Wars characters you'd ever seen all in one picture, which was not actually licensed by uh, Lucasfilm. Um, it was done by some Japanese artist, and some of the faces look weird as. Oh, wow. They are so I don't look at their faces here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Don't look too closely. Yeah, Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, kind of terrifying. Yes. Um, I will, I will put, a, I put a picture of this. Uh, this poster on Pastor's Middle Kids Facebook page uh, right after this episode airs so that you can actually see it for yourself. So if you haven't liked that, go like it and you'll yeah. we'll see it when it comes. Kylo. That's an interesting name. Mm. I, I actually... One of the characters I did not like the most in the new Star Wars was him. Mm. He, he kind of just seemed like an angsty teenager to me. Yeah, but he was 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Oh. <laughs> uh, right. Still listens to emo music. Yep. Blasting the dashboard confessional. My goodness. Yeah. I think there are some. We, we can't really speculate too much. So we've only seen the first in the trilogy. So yeah. from what we've seen so far, we don't like him. But chances are, episode eight, which is it's only a year and three months away. Fifteen months. Hello. Isn't that exciting? Wait, a year and 15 months? No. <laughs> a year and three months. It's only no. 15 months away. Um, <laughs> that seems like a long time. When does yeah, it come out? Yeah, it December? Is. I was year? trying to be optimistic. Putting it in months, yeah. like what... Uh, <laughs> kind of the reverse of what new mothers do. <laughs> because mothers say, oh, he's 17 weeks old. <laughs> my cousin did this just the other day. Um, he's 17 weeks old. Oh my goodness, he's so old. But then you look at it and it's like, he's four months old okay mm. fair enough so 15 months it, it it's, in, it's in months alright it's, it's not in years so I'm not it's saying that 450 days yeah thereabouts so. like every, just cross one off every time you go to bed yeah I mean 450 I, later I have a Zelda calendar here <laughs> so I've, I've been doing that I'm counting down to Rogue One it's less than <laughs> three months now uh, which coincidentally is less than three months to my birthday because it comes out on my birthday. Oh, very excited! That, that is exciting. That's quite an exciting birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last year, uh, episode seven came out two days after my birthday. So, I love birthdays as like a young adult because mm. uh, my my family is kind of getting out of like the whole presents thing. Yeah, N- not too much. If they're listening, I still like presents. <laughs> um, but this past birthday. <laughs> My family just got me a ton of food, and it was probably one of the greatest birthdays I've ever had. <laughs> like, I got taken out to breakfast, taken out to lunch, 
and then we had lobster for dinner. Whoa. So. I've never had lobster. Dude, you need to come to Maine. Okay. It's all in Maine, hey? Oh, yeah. Dude, all of, all of the lobster, I don't know, actually. Curious to see how much of, like, real lobster comes from Maine. Hmm. It's probably... Actually, I think our biggest export is timber. So it's not your main export. Yeah, it's not. It's not our main export. <coughs> Sorry. Um, there was something else in the room made me sneeze. <laughs> blueberries are up there. Mm-hmm. But I think lobster is what we're most renowned for. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because I know nothing about lobster, lobster and I never heard of Maine until I came to YWAM. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, yes, so here we are in a shoebox of a bedroom um, with zero insulation. Don't you like these concrete walls oh, and concrete ceiling uh, uh, and wooden floor? Mm. Oh, yeah, my my, my nice. chair's a little off. Yeah, so <laughs> you're kind of you ha- half on my mat. If you hear a little ticking. Yes, it's probably my little Canadian hockey puck clock. <laughs> Oh, that's supposed to be hockey puck. Yeah, yeah, it kind of folds up into one. This is really exciting. This is the first time I've really had more than just a, a brief um, reference to whatever is in the room with me. This is, I, I feel like I'm giving the listeners a tour of my bedroom. Mm. And um, over here is the posters. That's right. And then, I mean, um, who who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll even. Uh, have a video on the Facebook page and and everyone can see my my cozy little room. Um, oh, which reminds me of something that I want to show you and not many people know about this. Uh, there are some that do, but I want to show you on the air uh, because it'll mean nothing to anybody else, so it'll be funny. Um, inside this cupboard right next to you, let's, let's move your chair a little bit, see if we can move it past the dumbbell on the floor. So inside this cupboard, the right hand door, down here, there is a pencil sharpener <laughs> built into my cupboard. <laughs> and I've never even tried it. Would you like to try it? I, I would love to. This is making for some entertaining podcasting, folks. Mm. I know that you're absolutely riveted sitting on the edge of wherever you're sitting or standing on the edge of wherever you're standing, unless it's a cliff. <laughs> That's dangerous. Uh... Here's the moment of truth. The moment of truth. It's, Does it work? Actually, I'll sharpen the other one. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good call. You don't want to break off the lead. Mm. All right. Oh. I'll hold the door. Oh, it's working. This is the sound of a pencil being sharpened in my cupboard. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness, it worked. Beautiful. It's, it's a little bit rough. <laughs> it's kind of one of those... Uh, the rugged sharpeners. It kind of takes chunks out of the top of the pencil as you do it. Gets the job done. That's right. Um, I mean, it's probably one of those that kind of look like the inside of those fancy coffee grinders. Yes. Um, To give you a visual. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, It has a handle. You have to spin it. That's that's what the the weird... uh, sounds were it's like <laughs> while a, it was happening it's like a coffee grinder for pencils yes most likely it was invented before coffee grinders though um, probably most likely anyway uh, so I hope that you enjoyed that that fun little moment listeners <laughs> <laughs> 
I, it was quite a quite a significant um, point in my life just now, because I'd never tried it, and um, I actually gave up the wow. the the maiden use of this pencil sharpener to to my lovely guest Tommy Pequeno. I feel so honored. This is the show that just keeps on giving. <laughs> I mean, first of all, we're giving the listeners an entertaining time listening to us, uh, having a good old chat about everything and anything and I give you my pencil and you give me back a sharpened pencil it's like community it is more blessed to give than to receive wow so there's just a lot of blessing (laughs) happening right here on PMK at the moment Um, alright so let's (laughs) let's move from uh, from small talk into (laughs) into some big talk yeah. Tommy, you did a discipleship training school with Youth with the Mission Newcastle in October through March of 2015-16, mm. uh, which was with a number of my very good friends, some of whom will remain nameless, but others that the listeners may have heard of <laughs> uh, include Petra Caston, Gordy Buchanan, Josh Caliguire. Uh, fun fact, today mm-hmm. is my one-year Facebook friend anniversary with Petra. Nice. Uh, that Congratulations. When I opened Facebook today, that popped up there. Mm. So, happy friendiversary, Petra. <laughs> Except at this point last year, I did not know her yet. It's just like, there's awkward things where you like mm. find someone on Facebook who you're like gonna meet eventually. Yep. And then... Yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness, it's only September, so you hadn't yeah. even arrived in Australia. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I did that with people from my DTS too. <laughs> so I'm not saying you're alone here, but it is it is interesting, hey. And then then you get the very occasional and slightly awkward ones that never end up coming. And then yeah. you're just friends with these people that are still on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. and you've still never met. Huh. Yeah. I actually um, posted, I, I had a friend, a Facebook friend who was supposed to be on my DTS, mm-hmm. who then never came, uh, but the day I found, or the day after I found out my outreach location for DTS, mm-hmm. this person had like posted a video like from there uh, that like she shared a video on Facebook. Wow. It was like, hey, this person could have been on outreach with me, and is like sharing a video about my outreach. Wow. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Now, your DTS was good. Now, I want to get back to that outreach in a second. Mm-hmm. I could have used that as a segue, but <laughs> I'm a thorough person, and I want to, okay. <laughs> I want to cover all the bases here, not just uh, jump, into, jump into dessert. How was your DTS for you? How did you find it? And, and I don't mean on Google or anything like that. Mm. It was pretty good. Yeah. Good. All right. Now, how is it? <laughs> no. Uh, Please elaborate. Well, I don't know. DTS for me was just like a time um, to really set what I believed, like in my head, to take what I knew about God and to use that to get to know God, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I I grew up in a church, like pretty much always around Christian stuff. You're Always. PK. Yes, I'm a I'm a PK. Yeah, and uh, you're a middle kid. And I'm a middle kid. You're a PMK. I am a PMK. High five. <laughs> come on, come on, high five. <laughs> there we go. Um, 
Yeah, so DTS was just a time for me to really set my uh, my relationship with God first, mm. and uh, yeah, just get to know Him and all that He has for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely Thanks. relate to that. A lot of mine um, was me taking what I knew and living it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, because like you. You grow up in church and you read these things in the Bible and then like mm-hmm. it's really easy to like read them and not really understand the actual implications of like what's happening mm-hmm. and then I don't know that was a big thing on my DTS where I just I would read something and I it like hit me for the first time that like this was a thing that mm-hmm. actually happened and like that it was real you came back on staff in July, mm-hmm. and you're going to start the October DTS, mm-hmm. the Compassion DTS, yes. uh, which begins in two weeks, right? Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, okay. We can all breathe for <laughs> another week. Okay. Um, cool. So, obviously, there was something that God did during your time either here or when you went back home afterwards. Um that drew you back here. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to identify what that was? Was it just liking this place and wanting to have people experience the same thing you did? Or was there something a little bit deeper and more profound that God was wanting to work in you through it? I mean, on DTS, God showed me a lot about what missions was. Mm-hmm. And he really revealed to me that like this was going to be something that was a part of my life. Wow. Um, and... I didn't really know what that looked like mm-hmm. uh, because when God spoke that into me, it was more of like a very general like missions calling. Mm. And I basically spent the rest of my DTS trying to fill in like what that looked like. Mm-hmm. So I like came up with these like crazy plans and like things I was going to do, try to set things up. And then like I had like this grand master plan and on my last week in DTS, like one door closed and that just like ruined everything <laughs> mm. so um i i spent some time like asking god like why <laughs> like mm-hmm. you said i was going to be in missions and he showed me kind of like that he was like yeah i said you were going to be in missions mm-hmm. and then you did everything else uh so i kind of came home with like this like great <laughs> I I came to do DTS so I could know more about what I was going to do with my life, mm-hmm. and now I know this. But um, like I I just spent the next month or so like really pressing into God and like, what do you want me to do with with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he took me through like this really long process of um, showing me things that I had learned on my DTS um, and kind of reteaching them to me. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, kind of had this revelation of, like, that that was something that I was supposed to, like, pass on mm-hmm. um, and, like, hand down to people and grow myself in it mm-hmm. so I could hand it down more. So yeah, here I am. Yeah. Cool. And you're only eight or nine weeks in, into being here. Yeah. In the moment. What week is it? the 20th so what week is it of the DTS week 10 week 11 yeah. week 11 
So I've did you arrive weeks? Yeah, I arrived the day before the DTS arrived. The day before the DTS arrived. It was arrived. a really awkward thing actually, because. I didn't have, like, a pillow the first night. I okay. borrowed one from someone. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, all the DTS students were heading down to Kmart. I'm like, oh, go grab a pillow. Yeah. So I hopped on a bus with all the DTS students. And then they saw me with a pillow, and all of them had pillows. So it looked like I was a DTS student. <laughs> and from then on, I had to introduce myself as Tommy on staff. <laughs> Gotta love carpooling. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk now about your outreach. This is one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on, but also because you're a good friend, and I knew that you'd be able to make some fun of my room with me. Um, your outreach was to where? So, uh, the main part of my outreach was to Greece and Germany, mm-hmm. and we uh, had the the goal to do a lot of refugee ministry mm-hmm. and uh, those two locations were both very um, trying to think of a word uh, incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and very different at the same time yeah. so like in, in Greece we worked uh, in a refugee camp on the island of Lesbos mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was like 60% of refugees that have entered Europe went through that island. Wow. Uh, and yeah, we worked kind of as like volunteers in the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would come in in boats of like 60 each, mm-hmm. um, up to 10 boats at a time. And uh, we would just kind of, they would only be there for a couple of days, but we would take care of them for those couple of days. Um, and like over those that short time we had, uh, we basically did our best to like meet their basic physiological needs mm-hmm. because that has been something uh, that was kind of taken away from them. Yeah. Uh, but then also like be real with who we are. So like all, a significant part of what we did was. Uh, like handing out food, making sure people had clothes and blankets mm. and weren't freezing, because we were there in, in the winter time. Yeah. Um, but there's this one shift we would, would work um, from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. and we would pr- like get everything we needed to do like done as quick as possible, mm. um, and then we would have like a little window of time where we could go into the rooms that they were sleeping in mm-hmm. and just talk with them um, and just, like, kind of be their first, like, light that they've seen. Because, mm-hmm. like, up until this point, um, like, back home, like, a lot of them were Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. In Syria, they would uh, very, very war-stricken country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them were... Uh, were being like chased by ISIS and uh, had lost homes, all kinds of stuff, um, and they had gone from that traumatic thing to Turkey, which uh, they were kind of smuggled through, and yeah. uh, we got to hear a lot of stories about like people's times in Turkey and the smugglers 
did not treat them very well. Mm. Um, and uh, up until like getting on the boat to come to Greece, a lot of them were, they would like, if they didn't want to get on the boat because it was too full, they'd be like forced to go on at gunpoint. Uh, oh my goodness. So it was, they went through some really intense stuff mm-hmm. and really traumatic experiences. So we just got to be like that, that first like, we, we got to like attempt to create home mm. uh, a little bit and just like welcome them in as like friends. So that was a really, really good time uh, to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it was also had some very crazy times there as well mm. uh, where we would have like 600 people coming in within an hour oh my and uh, they would all like need doctors and clothes a lot of them would be wet still and they'd be hungry and we would, we would be this like team of um, I don't know 10 or so mm-hmm. uh, trying to meet the needs of hundreds of people yeah so it was quite hectic 10 people a minute for that <laughs> one hour well I mean we, we wouldn't get all of them in yeah so we worked in the, like the family area mm-hmm. uh, so that's where everyone wanted to go yeah but um, yeah it was quite quite an experience mm-hmm. um, but yeah in Germany we did a lot of um, kind of more since they were there for a longer period of time mm-hmm. and not a couple of days we got to really build a relationship yeah with the uh, with the refugees that lived in Berlin and we got to like we would meet them at uh, this like registration camp where they would get kind of like their pension almost okay or like a stipend yeah um, basically just government money mm-hmm. um, and they would have to go there every couple of weeks so we would hang out there and talk to people um, get to know them mm-hmm. um, and then like we would have this it was almost like a refugee church it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done yeah. but we uh, we would invite them back to we were sitting at a YWAM base in Berlin mm-hmm. and we would invite them back there and put on like a church service almost mm-hmm. so we'd have like worship uh and a message and then at the end we would just like sit them down and like talk to them about what was just said yeah and of course we had an Arabic translator uh, mm-hmm. but um yeah those those nights are really cool because um the the Middle East has a very uh interesting perspective on the West mm-hmm. as like a Christian area yeah because in the Middle East uh, like when you say the Middle East is a Muslim area, like if you say Iraq, for example, is a Muslim nation, mm-hmm. uh, they also have like 99, 99, 99% Muslim and they're all like devout Muslim. Yeah. Um, whereas in the U.S. you would call it a Christian nation, but 60 or 70% are Christian sure. and of those a smaller percentage actually go to church mm. and of that like a smaller percentage actually like live yeah like life as a Christian mm-hmm. um, so 
from their perspective, you say you see Muslim nation, everyone's Muslim. Yeah. Everyone believes Muslim stuff. Yeah. But in the U.S., you have, oh, it's a Christian nation. So people like Madonna or Britney Spears sure. or all the movies, like they see those as like the examples of Christians. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so they they have really like skewed view of what Christianity is. Mm. So we really use that as an opportunity to like lay out the basic mm-hmm. fundamentals of what Christians believe. So we would talk a lot about Jesus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> but we would also talk about things like the Father Heart of God. Yeah. Uh, because in Islam, they have 99 names for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Father is not one of them. Wow. Uh, there's actually a quote from, I don't know if it's the Quran or some other uh, Muslim text. It's a quote from Muhammad. And he says, like, I am not a child of God. I am but a slave. Wow. To God. Um, so, like, Ooh. just getting to show them, like, that the true God wants you to, mm. like, be a child to him. And, like, showing them, like, Luke 15, the yeah. prodigal son, and mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just, like, it's stuff they, it's a view of God they haven't seen before. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was just really cool to be able to, like, share what we believed about God mm-hmm. to Muslims. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that some other crazy things happened at those meetings. Because I, I did the music for a Wyoming Newcastle video that you and Floriana from your team mm. were in. And you shared about helping the the refugees in Greece. And she shared about one night at this, this prayer meeting thing. Uh, she prayed for uh, this this Muslim guy um, prayed for his shoulder to be healed and he was healed there mm. on the spot yeah oh, man that's that's so cool that is that is what missions is about hey mm-hmm. it's hey. seeing seeing people lives change one at a time yeah like I said that was probably like one of the coolest things I've ever done yeah and I was I was also um, I was the worship leader for my team mm-hmm. uh, and one night like I felt like I was supposed to speak and like my outreach team leader felt like I was supposed to speak as well uh so I like led worship for like a half hour and then gave like a half hour talk so it was pretty intense that was my first time speaking with a translator Mm. and I actually found that was really nice because you get these nice pauses time to think yeah (laughs) so I just I could like write out my notes word for word yeah and then like while the translator was translating I could like read my next line and then say it yes without (laughs) without looking at the paper that's so good I felt like a really professional speaker when I did that one (laughs) wow that's the dream isn't it (laughs) the public speaking dream yeah and builds your confidence every five ten seconds (laughs) as they're translating come on Hopefully they encourage somebody. It definitely encouraged me. And I can see in your eyes that even just re reliving those stories has has built your own faith even more. And I think that's we're meant to do that. We're meant to share about what God has done. Um I mean it says that Psalm seventy one, don't let me die until I've told the next generation about you about the things that you've done mm. um, I think it's really important 
it it keeps our faith fresh, helps us to not become grumpy. One more thing that that we'll talk about really quick before we wrap up here uh, is um, I felt a number of weeks ago to request from my church um, a key to the back hall on our church premises in hopes that I would be able to start some kind of interdenominational ecumenical whatever which word whichever word you want to say um, prayer worship intercession communion Bible night um, that's the working title mm. um, <laughs> still still looking for something that that nails it but we had our first one on Monday night and it was at 6 p.m. Mayfield United Church if anybody out there actually wants to come that'd be awesome it's not exclusively YWAM or PKs or PKs however all of us that went last night uh, we were four pastor's kids <laughs> and it was awesome yeah. we had communion we broke bread drank some sparkling grape drink um, <laughs> that had a fake plastic cork in it that <laughs> flew off and hit the roof yeah it was quite dramatic so that was just really special to be able to share in fellowship and most of the times that the gatherings in the Bible took place there was always a feast or a meal or something and yeah we wanted to kind of model it a bit off uh, the Last Supper where Jesus had a meal with his friends and yeah it was the Passover so it was a little bit ceremonial but after they'd eaten they sang a hymn and then they went off to pray and I just think that'd be really cool to when I thought it would be cool to to start it up and after our first one I think the four of us have all caught the vision and we want to we want to spread this we want to make this a thing uh so if you guys want to keep that in your prayers uh, that'd be that'd be really good um yeah like I said the working title is communion meal prayer worship intercession bible night um <laughs> or if you have any suggestions for names then feel free to uh to pop them on the the facebook page for pastor's middle kid or my own personal one if you have me on facebook if you don't please don't be a creeper about it um but yes with that said we will We'll wrap up here and uh, remember to like Pastors Metal Kid on Facebook, um, which is facebook.com forward slash Pastors Metal Kid. And you'll see a video of Tommy and I giving you a tour of my room. And it's going to be awesome. We'll even show you how the pencil sharpener works. And, and a photo of my Star Wars picture on the wall. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this. I've had Thomas Joseph Pequeno III. Joining me on this episode, and I trust that you have had a good time. Thanks for joining me, Tommy. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And it's also always a pleasure to have people listening. So feel free to listen next week. It'll be great to have you back. You're awesome for listening to this, and also, you're awesome in general. Bye.
girl takes the talk Cheats you out of the walk Paralyzing from the waist down I got the wind from the pitch you threw I got nothing left now but to let it go I'll let it go Well, welcome home, another late night show